0: Welcome in the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. He dressed up for me today. He's not wearing a hoodie. He's, it's like he's going on a date with me. We're taking you on a freaking date on Ride the Line this morning, and you can't teach that. Fada boom. Man the people in the room, welcome in to Ride the Line, Grant. God forbid
1: a man is cold these days. That's what I showed up to pre-production saying. My apartment's just a little chilly. Tanner wants to talk about it's 8 in the morning. Who are you going out to meet already? Like, Tanner, calm down. Calm down. I live on the 15th floor. The altitude is thin up here. The air is thin. I was just a little cold. That's all it is.
0: Grant, did you see the clip from, I think it it was either NBC News or NBC Finance about the lady saying that sports betting is the reason that young males have no interest in relationships, aren't buying houses and don't want to, you know, fornicate
1: guilty as charged Tanner. Yeah. That, I, that That's what I blame it on. Every time I go home alone from the bars, I always say it's because I i make too much money betting on sports. That's I'll, the only I'll, reason I'll
0: say this. I mean, she's probably not totally wrong. Like she's not, she's not that far off. So, so I actually did.
1: I wrote an article about this and about her comments because it was just too interesting to pass up. And She relayed the increased sports betting rates to lower fertility. And she thinks there's going to be a a housing crisis in the future because if men are betting on sports and they don't engage themselves in relationships, there aren't people looking to buy homes and like 74% of the housing stock is in people 50 and older and they need to sell their houses soon. It was crazy. This theory that she put together and I have to give this woman credit she is known as the Oracle of Wall Street. She predicted the the great uh, the great recession in two thousand eight with like scary accuracy. So who knows? Maybe she's onto something. But correlation doesn't prove causation. We all know that. So we'll it see what happens.
0: Wild take, absolutely wild take from her. Again, like sports is awesome. I think it does make people less interested in probably doing anything because it's like you're right there on your phone. Like there's nothing like hitting a parlay. We know that. She knows that. She's probably never hit a parlay. If she did, she'd probably be a little more supportive of it.
1: Yeah, uh, honestly, I, I mean, going home with somebody from a bar like that's not the same excitement as hitting a ten legger.
0: No, you got to talk to them. Sports betting is—they talk to you with money.
1: <laughs> um Yeah, that, that's just gonna be my excuse. That's gonna be my excuse on the holidays when my family asks where my uh, my girlfriend is. I'm gonna say, look, like, I'm just betting on sports. Not my fault. There you go.
0: Well, anyways. Sports betting's awesome. We love it. Al Michaels was bringing it up every single second he could last night with the total. You talking about you know, the, the touchdown at the end of the half or the field goal, whatever it was. When he was like, "Yeah, that one cashed the over." Like, come on, <laughs> Al. It's like we just don't care anymore. I love it. Like sports betting's normalized, so it makes sense that the NBC News Oracle of Wall Street lady is talking about it on her show. But. Follow the page, subscribe to the channel. We got NFL picks coming in hot here, guys. Make sure you share this, interact with us, comment down what you're taking. We'll get back to you, give you our feedback on it. And Grant, we both have a pick in the same game for two of the same games, two different picks in each game. So why don't you get us started?
1: Yep, I will start us off with my first pick for this NFL weekend here. I'm taking the Houston Texans minus three and a half versus the New York Jets. Now. Tanner, we both said we uh, we both went with the Patriots on Thursday Night Football. That ended up paying, paying out for us. Now, I will say we were a bit off in saying that we weren't sure there were going to be many points scored. The game ended up going over, so obviously that did happen. But I do find myself approaching this game with that same sort of logic because – I look at the Texans and I say, okay, they've got one of the most explosive offenses in the league, You know, especially late in the games. They're never out of it because CJ Stroud can put together two touchdowns in five minutes. Uh, he can throw for 300 yards every week. He's basically averaging that. The defense, not the best, but they did just force Russell Wilson to throw three interceptions last week. So you, you have a good idea that this is a team that can run the score up and they can hold their own on defense. We look at the Jets and I can't confidently tell you they will score a touchdown this week. I, I the fact that this line was Jets plus five and a half and it went to Jets plus three and a half when they replaced Tim Boyle with Zach Wilson like think about that the sports books gave them two more points because Zach Wilson is starting in a good way. They gave them two points because of Zach Wilson. This team is a mess. I I can't trust this offense to do anything. The defense is very good until the offense falls behind by a touchdown or more. And at that point, they just kind of give up because they know this team is not going to score. We're not going to win this game. And honestly, I don't blame them for it. So I know that we can, uh, we're still going to lose on a field goal if that's what happens. but three and a half points. I got to lay that. Give me the Texans.
0: Grant, I don't think you know how bad Tim Boyle is. I think, I think, I mean, Zach Wilson is two points better than Tim Boyle. I don't necessarily agree with the spread, but Tim Boyle, Zach Wilson is at least two points better than Tim Boyle.
1: No, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying it's crazy that this is the point we're at where the team is getting better because Zach Wilson is starting.
0: Yeah, totally agree with that. I'm going to piggyback off that pick. For your pick to happen, this pick probably does have to happen as well. C.J. Stroud over 217.5 passing yards. This is a very low total. It was 217.5 on Caesars yesterday when I got it. It's probably up to 223, 224 now. But the bottom line is the Jets are a very good secondary, but Houston does not run the ball. They don't want to run the ball. They don't lean on that. They throw the ball down the field with C.J. Stroud. And if the Jets can put up a few points, it's going to even going to help this even more because they're going to continue to throw the ball. And I think with Zach Wilson, that gives New York their best chance of doing that. Stroud's thrown for at least 274 yards in each of his past five games. He's gone over 300 in three of those games and then had that 470-yard outing against the Buccaneers. So the opponents aren't the best, but Houston leans on the pass. So, I just think he hits this with bulk alone. I mean, it doesn't take much for a quarterback like CJ Stroud to get to 218.
1: No, and that's a very good pick, Tanner. That's a very sharp pick because I was just doing some math over here. He's averaging 295 passing yards per game and doing a bit of line shopping here. I was just looking around while you were talking. So, the sports books, um, they don't fully agree on his line, which honestly, it just works to your advantage here. Fanduel has his line at 223, so for whatever reason you want to go with the under, you would go there. But they've got a 223 uh, points bet has it at 220, and then DraftKings, bet, MGM Caesars, and Bet365 have it at 217. So yeah, you can still get this at 217 and a half at the time we're recording.
0: Yeah, so that's I mean, a steal in my opinion. You look at Stroud, he throws the ball over the field. That's all they do. They don't lean on the run. They just sit back and play freaking seven on seven. So um, I do like the over here. I, I would jump
1: in and keep in mind, I'm on your side, but I do just want to get your opinion. Do you think the line is lower more because it's the Jets, or do you think it's because Tank Dell is out and they're worried about some of that?
0: Jets defense combined with the fact that Houston could be up in this game. I think that's it's a little of that. I mean, Tank Dell doesn't being out doesn't account for whatever 70 like yards. 70, out. 80 yards. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's the Jets. I think it's the Jets defense more than anything. They've been very good against the pass, like they have held quarterbacks under this line i still think that like houston's not run the football they're going to throw the football in this game and that's he's going to get there off bulk alone just by just by attacking them vertically down the field
1: yep i do agree with you all right tanner my second pick here i'm gonna take the denver broncos at plus three versus the la chargers and again as we so often talk about the importance of line shopping, all the major sports books have this at Broncos plus two and a half, except for Bet MGM. They've got it at plus three. And guys, all these sports books we're mentioning, if you want to go over to WSN.com, the World Sports Network, we have promo codes for all these sports books. You can get yourself some more prizes, make your NFL betting experience even better. So go over to WSN.com, get that taken care of. The reason I like the Broncos in this one, Russell Wilson, I was talking about it through three interceptions last week, but going into that, he was leading the league in touchdown to interception ratio. What do we know about the Chargers? They are just horrendous, atrocious in the secondary. They can't really stop anybody. Russell Wilson, you know, still struggles to break 200 yards, but can he get you 220, 230, a touchdown or two, and no interceptions against this Chargers defense? 100%. And we've just seen. The charges have really just started to unravel in every way. I mean, we know Brandon Staley is going to be gone at the end of the year. We don't need to talk about the defense because we know how bad it is. And Justin Herbert just – is not really playing like himself. In his last five games, he's only gone for 300 plus yards in two of them. Um, No, excuse me, 300 plus yards in one of them and only has two plus touchdowns in two of them. So he's really just not been that impressed over the last month and change. This Broncos defense, ever since they gave up 70 to the Dolphins, all holding opponents to 19.9 per game, which is Pretty impressive. Um, Austin Eckler just has no burst whatsoever. They've talked about giving uh, more opening to competition almost with Joshua Kelly in the backfield. I just don't like anything that's going on in L.A. right now. The Broncos really still do have a chance to run at the wild card, and I think they can cover three points in this one.
0: Yeah, I like that. I mean, there shouldn't really even be a competition for running back. I think Joshua Kelly's much more explosive when it comes to running the football. Now, catching the ball in the backfield, different story. Uh, but it's embarrassing what this Chargers team has done on the ground. So I do like the Broncos in this spot. I think it's a much better team, much better pick coming into this one. They're playing more confident. And Brandon Staley knows his job is just probably coming to an end at the end of the season. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, what's your second pick here? Tommy DeVito. <laughs> The chicken faster. Did you see that video?
1: Uh,
0: that was the the jet giant social team is just like saving the season for them. Like everything they're doing is is on point with Tommy DeVito. They're they're capitalizing on their failure by throwing Tommy DeVito in the limelight. Yeah, they they've kind of made a, a meme out of their whole season at this point. And like
1: normally I, I just hate when teams punt on the ear like that, but they're they're doing a good job with it because nobody expects them to win. And DeVito's been a lot better than most people would have expected. And it's just, it's just a funny story with him living at home with his parents and everything.
0: Yeah, like fans are rallying around Tommy DeVito. We're rallying around this guy. He's our guy. That's our guy. That's mmm. And so he said, mmm, mm. remember that? He's like, What's this? He's like, that's the mm. So, um, again, big Tommy DeVito guy. I think the Giants have done an excellent job with him um, so far this season. Like, some quarterbacks have it and other quarterbacks don't. We've seen quarterbacks come into the league like Mitch Trubisky last night. Mitch Trubisky, by the way, I think in 2019 or or 2017. I don't know what year it was, but I saw it on Twitter last night. He had the most bets to win MVP. He he wasn't even the league. He he
1: was a pro bowler.
0: Yeah, I know. It's kind of wild. But, like, some guys have it. Some guys don't, like Mitch Trubisky now at this point in his career doesn't have it. Like Right now, at least, Tommy DeVito is showing that he's good enough to be a backup in the NFL. Um, He's helped the Giants get through a terrible season in his past three games. His three starts, he has six touchdowns to one pick. His total is set at 171.5, and he's gone over this total two times. One of those was against a very good Patriots defense, defense that's playing very well right now. He has a 40-plus yard completion in each of his past two games. Against Green Bay, if the New York Giants are playing from behind in this one, they're a six-and-a-half-point underdog, which I think is a little lofty. Um, they're going to be throwing the ball just to keep up with Jordan Love with how well he has played as of late. Green Bay is also 30th in total team yards loud, according to coldheartfootballfacts.com. So a lot going in Tommy DeVito's favor this week. I think he's done an excellent job finding Saquon out of the backfield, and he's been very good in that intermediate to deep passing game when he needs to do it. So I think with the confidence he's playing with, like he's playing with nothing to lose right now, and the Giants are playing that way too because their season's over. Uh, so it's been fun to watch. Yeah,
1: there's going to be inevitably one of those games where he does throw three or four interceptions. It's just going to happen. But, you know, he does have some good momentum going for him. And to your point, with the way that Jordan Love is playing, also we do need to see, is he going to have one of those three interceptions a game or is he going to stay hot? But he is hot right now. Eight touchdowns, no picks in his last three games. Giants defense has shown improvement, but Jordan Love is a risk taker. We know he's going to air the ball out. If he does that, it's going to be on DeVito to respond. So, yeah, I don't think this is a bad pick at all.
0: All right, Grant, we got a little debate here. A little debate at the end of the show. I don't know how you can defend this horrendous Philadelphia Eagles team, but you can try to do it now.
1: Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles team, that's 10-2 and two and already beat the Dallas Cowboys once and is getting spotted three and a half points here. Look, would I be surprised if the Cowboys win? No, I wouldn't be surprised. I am still do think the Eagles are going to win. So the fact I can win on a field goal loss is too good for me to pass up. Look, I... What I'm most interested to see, and I'm sure you'll probably agree with me on this, Dak Prescott's been the hottest quarterback in the league. And if if he wins this game, as long as he's decent, there's a really good chance he moves into the MVP favorite. But what we know about the Cowboys and Dak is they've beaten one team with a winning record all season. It was the Seahawks. And now with that loss, the Seahawks aren't even a winning team. They're a 500 team. So technically, you can say they haven't been a winning team this season. What I want to know here is... Is that the Eagles' secondary is really bad. That, like, the team is phenomenal pretty much in all aspects except for that secondary, which is just awful. Is Dak going to treat that secondary as poorly as it is and take advantage of it? Or is just the Eagles being a very good team going to win out and Dak's going to shrink like he has in the past? What I will say, he was amazing in that game, uh, the loss in Philadelphia. So you would think going back to his home stadium, he's going to be able to put together a good performance. I'm not discounting that as a reality. In fact, I'm expecting a decent game from him. But what we know about the Eagles is they just find ways to win games. And if you look at their schedule, like yes, uh, the, the last uh, their last game, the loss to the Niners, Very, I don't want to say um, it was disappointing, but look at this run of games they had. They had the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. They were never going to win all six of those games without suffering a single loss. They had the loss last week. It's a division rival. They can essentially lock up the number one seed with a win here. I think they get the job
0: done. My biggest concern though is how they're winning those games. Like we can't count on Jalen Hurts to come from behind and make the 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 hero effort every single week, right? Like The Cowboys' secondary, or not Cowboys, the Eagles' secondary, absolute trash. Like Debo Samuel called them out. He said, James Bradbury, you are trash. And he was right. Like, James Bradbury is terrible. Darius Slay hasn't played that well. This entire defense and the back end just has not been that good. So that's my biggest fear here. Like, look, the last game for the Cowboys, they were on the five yard line with a chance to win that game at the end. Penalties, sacks, like, did hurt them down the stretch. And I want to give the Eagles some credit. They find ways to win. They really do. They're great at it. But They're always in like these tight matchups with these teams. And again, it's going to happen. But if they just played an ounce of defense in the secondary, they'd be blowing teams off the field because of how talent they are on the offensive side of the ball. So you just can't count on Jalen Hurts and the offense to go down and bail you out every single week. Right. Like it's going to come back to bite you. And you know what it did last week that the defense couldn't get off the field. There were moments in that game where if the defense gets off the field against San Francisco, they're in a position to go down and make it interesting. Right if they don't get off the field this week against the Cowboys at home where the Cowboys won 14 straight games, it's going to be a long night for the Philadelphia Eagles. So yeah, I think they keep it close, but everyone's saying, oh, I'm getting three and a half points with the, with the Eagles. That's what they were saying last week against the Niners. Didn't help.
1: No, you are right. And I will say Jalen Hurts did play well last week. I mean, 300 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. It it was a good game from him. It was the defense. That's the problem. Um, One of the things that I do think is ultra important here is The really the best teams in the NFL, um, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Niners. One thing they're all great at is they're, they're great in the trenches on both sides. And we wouldn't have put the Chiefs in there before. But with Creed Humphrey and that offensive line, they're really good and they can get after the quarterback. So I think they've rightfully sort of made their way into that conversation. Why that's so important to me, though, is the Cowboys beat up on teams that just can't match up with them. The Eagles are one of the few teams in the league that can block everybody and also get past your line, no matter who you have. So that for me is going to be the key. In addition to watching how Dak deals with the Philly secondary, I hear you. I hear your point about the Eagles playing all these close games. And yes, we would like to see them win by more, but they're comfortable playing within those sorts of margins. There's no team in the league that has better situational execution than Philadelphia as far as third down, fourth down, red zone conversions. I think that's also very pivotal. And yes, Dallas was a few plays away. The the fourth down, the, the being on the 5-yard line at the end of the game, the the play was it to Ferguson where he was like 6 inches short of the goal line on fourth down. All of that is true. The Cowboys were right there, but at the same time, that's what the Cowboys do. Like they they, they get so close and they just disappoint. So I don't think that was uncharacteristic. I think this game probably 50 50 as far who wins, but plus three and a half is too much for me.
0: I hate betting on the Cowboys. I really do. I don't like them. I can't stand betting on them, but this is just not the ideal matchup for Philadelphia on the road when their secondary is terrible and Dak Prescott's playing out of his mind. That's that's what it comes down to. This game comes
1: like down that. to Dak. There's no yeah. doubt.
0: Dak versus the Eagles secondary. And if they're as bad as they were last week, the Cowboys will win this game by at least a touchdown. Um,
1: probably. They probably will. I'm very excited to see that game, though. That's one yeah. that I'm definitely looking forward to. This is like the fourth straight week
0: the Eagles have been in the game of the week. Yeah, was this? is this the 430 or is this the 430 or the Sunday night? This is Sunday night. Yeah, the 430 game and the Sunday night game have been pretty good the past few weeks. Yep, I definitely agree. They, were the, the Eagles and the Niners were the 430
1: last week, right? Yep. Yep, yeah, that was a good one. That's going to do it for the NFL, Tanner. Uh, before we get out of here, though, we do have the NBA in-season tournament finale, which is coming up on Saturday. I said on Wednesday's show that I was going to be given a pick Guys, uh, if you don't know, also on WSN.com, the World Sports Network, I write previews Monday through Friday of one NBA matchup per day. So far this season, I am 20 and 12 against the spread on those. That's 63%. And I am 9 and 3 in my last 12, and I hit both of the semifinal picks. So we are on a little bit of a nice run right here. Taylor, we've got the Indiana Pacers and their record breaking offense. Versus the Los Angeles Lakers, who have been somewhat pedestrian during the regular season, but they are 6-0 and in the in-season tournament, and they're playing out of their minds. This is going to be a very interesting game. You've got the Pacers, who in three straight games have been the Heat, the Celtics, and the Bucks. Those are three very good wins. Versus the Lakers, that just walloped the Pelicans by 44 points. LeBron's last two games have both been record-setting against the Suns. He was the oldest player to have 2010, 5, and 5-plus 5 Um, And it was the first time he'd done it in 15 years. And then yesterday, he became the fastest player to score 30-plus points, 5-plus rebounds, 5-plus assists in a game. Only took him 22 minutes. Running out of breath here, I will save you the details. I'm going to go with the pick. I like the Los Angeles Lakers. I think they dominate the interior. I'm a little bit worried about the Pacers and their speed on the perimeter, but you know what? The Lakers, ever since they put Cam Reddish in the starting lineup, they're 10-1 and with him there. They've got Reddish. They've got Torrey and Prince. They've got Christie and Reeves and Vanderbilt, these defensive guys that they can get off the bench. If they can weather the three-point storm the Pacers will have, I think they dominate the interior. They dominate the glass, and they win out similar to how they did against Phoenix.
0: I really like what the Pacers have done. That was an impressive win yesterday. Impressive uh, come-from-behind win after they blew that halftime lead that they had. I'm still going to go with you, though. I think the Lakers is the move in this game. When you're in a championship game and you're in a big, big moment, you're going to go with the experience. And LeBron has the experience in the big game. I think he's making all these young guys around him better. I also love Austin Reeves. So that's another reason to take the Lakers here. But I think the Pacers, Tyrese Halberton's been, playing out, Halberton's been playing out of his mind. I think they come back to earth a little bit, though, in this one. And Lakers find a way to, to win. And they get their $50,000 and go party in Vegas. 500000 no, each player gets 50 or 500. Each player gets 500,000. Oh, it was 50. No. Wow. Damn. Yeah. How, that's, that's amazing.
1: It's, it's a pretty good deal. Especially if you're one of these guys, um, it would be fun to see the Pacers win it because they have the lowest payroll in the NBA. So that $500,000, if you're a guy who's making three, $4 million in a year, you know, that's like, you know, 15% of your contract.
0: Yeah. So what's the losing team get like a hundred each? Uh, I don't know for sure. I, it's either, I think it's either 250 or two, and then third place gets one, I believe. 250 is good. I mean, you can, you can do some damage with that. A lot of these guys, too, they're going to go gamble with it. If you're making big money, you're going to gamble with that 500 grand.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. There's a, there's a little website I have, which allows me to line shop in, in one spot. Um, but unfortunately, they don't have the lines up, so I'm just looking around. You can get the Lakers for minus three and a half on FanDuel. Right now. Um, let me check out what DraftKings they has. Two
0: and a half, I think, last night.
1: Uh, it's up to minus four on DraftKings right now. So either maybe the odds makers were impressed by what they saw, or maybe there's just a lot of money coming in on the Lakers after that big win.
0: Yeah, I think it last night I think it opened at two and a half on Fandoli. So i saw it on Twitter, but everything else I do not know. But, anyways, that was our picks for the NFL and in the in season tournament. Thanks for watching, guys. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Grant, take us out of here. That's going to do it for Ride the Line. Tanner and I will be back on Monday, so make sure that you
1: are subscribed. Like the video if you enjoyed. Comment. Let us know what your favorite plays of the NFL weekend are. Let us know who's winning the first ever in-season tournament. And until next time, we will see you guys on the next episode of Ride the Line. Keep riding.